You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and the interview subject I have coming up for you is Bill Hudson from the outfits I Am Morbid and North Tail. Now the reason for the chat is to promote North Tail's new album, their debut, it's called Welcome to Paradise, it'll be out soon. Today's date being July 10th, 2019, so it won't be too long after this date that I think you can have a listen to it on your streaming service of choice. But the other thing I want to mention too is that I've long admired Bill. I think he's an extraordinary guitarist and his story is worth listening to. So we talk about his journey from Brazil to the United States and into the many bands that he now performs in. So let's get to it. Here he is, the one and only Bill Hudson. Hey, mate. What's been happening? You're coming back from, uh, from overseas. Give me just a second because I'm driving. All right. All right. Can you hear me? I can, loud and clear. Yeah, it's coming through loud and clear. It's great. Great, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing very well. I'm all the better for talking to you. I've got to tell you, mate, I've been following your career ever since I found out you joined I Am Morbid. And then, of course, I went back and looked at some of the other work that you did. And it's no surprise now that you've got a superb album out and Welcome to Paradise by this brand new outfit, North Tail. So, mate, my first question will be uh, pretty obvious, mate, but you do a lot. So how the hell do you fit it all in? (laughs) Well... I mean, North Tail is sure so, uh, a new experience for me because, like you said yourself, I you know I've been with with a couple of bands, uh, you know, very well known ones and otherwise, and but I've always but I've always in my career been the 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 the, the, the hired gun. You know yeah. what I mean? I've always yeah. been the guy that people call to come and play. Now. Specifically with I Am Morbid, that's a little—it's it, a little bit different because we sort of st- st- started the band together, I guess, mm-hmm. me, David, and Tim. But it's still all Morbid Angel music, you know what I mean? Yep. So I'm still playing covers. You know, it, it, it was the same with Udo. It was the same with Doro. That's been always my position. Now, my whole life, I wanted to be a professional musician so in whatever capacity that was to happen you know was good for me so in a way in a way i was happy until about a couple years ago when i was like you know what i have a pretty good life you know i tour (laughs) you know seven eight months out of the year i play with my idols but then i started noticing that something was missing and that's something missing man is to be able to express myself with my own music you know because it seems like a lot of people know my name, but not a lot of people know what I sound like. Sure, yeah, yep, I get that. Yep. So, so Northdale was, um, well, first of all, it started as idea of my solo album, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to have like an instrumental solo album, like 10 songs and, you know, two with vocals and eight instrumentals or something like that. But... Um, and the singer I wanted was Christian Erickson that was in Twilight Force mm-hmm. at the time. Now, I wrote Christian online and I said, hey, man, you know, I, I would like to to record these songs. You know, I, I'm a really big fan of your voice. And But long story short, he wasn't really into it. He, mm-hmm. he I mean, he liked it. He liked the songs. He even sent me some feedback. But he was too busy with twilight force they were touring they were doing a big you know they were doing big tours and he was you know he just he just didn't have time um and i on my me on my end i was touring with udo 
uh, Udo from Accept, you know, yeah, playing cool. that Accept. Yep. That Accept I was super busy with that. Between that and I Am Orbit, I really didn't have time for anything. And I was like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we'll revisit that idea at some point. But then, in the, you know, then I saw that he left Twilight Force. Christian left Twilight mm -hmm. Force. And I immediately sent him a message. I'm like, dude, I don't know what happened. I don't even care what happened. But whenever you're ready, we should start a band. And at the same time, our drummer Patrick also contacted Christian mm -hmm. uh, ab uh, about this, uh, uh, about the idea to start a band. So it was kind of like serendipitous in a way because we didn't, we weren't talking to each other about it. You know, we're, it was just a coincidence. Mm -hmm. uh, Christian then finally gets back to me and tells me, "Yeah, you know what, man? Let's start a band." And, and I have a drummer, Patrick Johansson. Who and I'm like, oh my god, I know Patrick. We talk <laughs> about this all the time, you know. I'm a big fan of Ingvae, so let's just just do it, you know. So from that moment on, my my solo project was put in the back back burner, and Northdale became a band, you know. And, they, and that okay. was it. He came, you know, and, and I can speak for Christian here too because he he was kind of in the same place he was yep. in twilight force and as much as they were doing stuff it wasn't really his band you know yeah that Whereas makes sense this, we're partners and this is our band you know we, we kind of run it the way we want to mm -hmm. that makes sense but I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you back to something a post that you made it was on facebook or twitter and i thought it was a really good post that you did i might have retweeted it but i remember you said something about starting a new band is like opening a typewriter factor and i thought brother you nailed it but <laughs> I, do you remember that one do you remember when you posted that? i do i do because <laughs> i think that well, it's but it's so heartening to hear that you still had the courage to do it because people do need to hear your music. And you said something at the top there that I think is important, which is that you are you are very photogenic. You actually look like a rock star. I've got to say, you know, you've got the whole look down pat. But people didn't know really what you sounded like yourself. You know, we'd heard you in Trans Siberian Orchestra, I Am Morbid, all of the other things you'd done. You mentioned Doro, Udo, yeah. but hearing you for yourself on your own two feet, what it's been able to do, it's like aha. This is what he sounds like when he produces the music that he wants to play all by himself. So I think it's a fairly accurate summary exactly. of the journey, yeah. You know, man, it, it, that, that's exactly it. You know, the, the image thing was something that, you know, at the beginning, at the beginning, of, like, I, I grew up as a fat kid, you know, I've always been bullied, girls always, met, mm. you know, I could never got girls. So at one point in my life, and this was only like seven or eight years ago, um, I decided that I wanted to look good, but good for bands. I wanted to be a product that bands wanted to hire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and at the time, at the, around the same time that I started thinking that, I did an audition, right? I did an audition uh, here in, in, in Los Angeles for a uh, former American Idol contestant. And, mm -hmm. and I killed the audition, but I was really overweight. You know, I was fat. I wasn't really, you know, I, I wasn't really the best looking guy. This is like 2011. And uh, right after me, this kid comes and plays like shit. He didn't even know the song. The band had to start over. But oddly enough, he got the job. Yes. Because he yeah. looked really good. And I'm like, you know what? That's it. It doesn't really matter. I hate to say it, but it doesn't really matter how you play. You know, I mean, You're right. people say, well, yeah. to an extent, it doesn't. No, it does not. 
it does not. The biggest guitar heroes nowadays can't play for shit. You know, the, <laughs> the modern guitar heroes. I'm not it's talking so about true. Steve Vai. Yeah. I'm not talking about Ingve. I'm not talking about Satriani. I have students who are better than most of the people putting guitar instrumental records now right yes. now. And I don't and I don't that's that was also part of why North Tail became a thing, because I don't wanna be in that market. You know, I don't want to play in a bill with four guitar players. I play eight string guitars and gent. You oh know, God, that's just yeah. not my thing. Yep, thank God. You know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and I was like, you know what? It is like opening a typewriter because yeah, you spend all this fucking, you spend all this money and time and energy making a record that everybody's gonna download anyway, and then they're gonna talk shit about about it on YouTube. Mm. You know, it, it's 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 uh. The typewriter comment was more like, you know, why would you open a, a typewriter factory right now when everybody else has moved on to iPhones? Yeah, yeah, I, I got the comment. Yeah, I got the context and, of it. And, but... and, and yeah, well, but, 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 but really, I mean, the younger generation of musicians, and I mean, when I say younger, I'm talking about young, like 17, 16, people who are starting right now. <laughs> the very concept of playing an instrument is old school to them you know and that's something that i think that a lot of musicians need to realize you can't i mean it, it, it's generational a 17 year old kid does not understand why he would sit in a room 24 hours playing guitar when his computer can do the same thing faster and better yeah yeah you know so so why would you do that just you know study the computer programs instead you know, yeah. study coding, study software, saying. you know, mm. 17 year olds can use can use fucking uh, Pro Tools like no one else, but they can't play guitar. No, you know? no. and they but can't be creative either. That's the other thing. Yeah. So you've got the creativity in you. The other thing that's missing, and I talk about this all the time on my podcast, is that, is that it's one thing to copy somebody else. It's one thing to be able to produce music at like, you know, all these sweep arpeggios and using eight and nine string guitars and the Dient thing and all the rest of it. But it's not alluring music. It isn't creative music. It isn't music that inspires people to pick up a guitar and reproduce what they've done, no. like what Trey did, Trey Zagtoth did, does, continues to do, like what Ingve does, like what Van Halen. How could we forget Van Halen? Like what these guys do. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. They're just producing stuff into a vacuum. And you just nailed it there when you said that, you know, producing music for people that are going to download it for nothing and then talk shit about you on the internet or paraphrasing it there of course but that is pretty much the state of yeah. the music industry in 2019 and why i like your, your story so much is you come from brazil so i've got one of my best friends is brazilian by the way there's heaps of brazilians here in australia if you don't know but a lot of, i heard about it yeah. yeah a lot of symbiosis between australians and, and brazilians man like i'm on the gold coast man and it's surfing country here so there's heaps of brazilians here it's fantastic, and, and culturally we get along too. But um, the thing about you, sorry, is I'll make my point, is you've come from another country into the US, you've had all of the odds against you, but you figured it out, and you're a success. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, well, I appreciate you saying that, man. And uh, to be honest, I think I pat myself in the back a little too much for that. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I think about that all the time. I always think about how am I the only one who figured this out from Brazil? Because mm. musicians in Brazil are plenty. Yes, and, heaps, I mean, and they're great. Because, you know, you know unless, <coughs> unlike in America, because in America, people grow up listening to Slayer, listening to Pantera, listening to heavier bands. Mm -hmm. We grow up in Brazil listening to Angra, listening to Ingve. You know, so it's like uh, guitar players that can shred in Brazil 
are are uh, is the commonplace. Like yeah, all normal. of my friends can play fast arpeggios. Mm. All of my friends can play any Ingve or Steve Vai lick. Whereas here in America, you show up playing a Dimebag Darrow lick and people freak out. <laughs> That's so, so true. It, it is a completely <laughs> different level yeah. of musicianship to begin with. And, you know, it's a complete America at a level that people will get in five years. You know, yeah. and that, but but and that's mostly because we grow up with great music, and more importantly, we don't have opportunity for shit. So we learn mm -hmm. that the better we get, the more chances we're gonna get, which is not true. Not in Brazil. You know, in Brazil, oh god, I can go on an hour long rant about that because yeah. in Brazil. It, 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 the system is 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 made so nobody can get big. So, you know, it, 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 it's crazy. It's a crazy thing. The magazines yeah. purposely talk shit about other bands so the bands that they can they manage can can grow up. It's oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But but that's why I left. You know what I mean? That's why I left. And I was like, you know what? Fuck these guys. I don't need I don't need Brazil. I don't need these magazines. I don't need these these two or three musicians. I'm gonna go to America and do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And and when I told people in Brazil I would do that, I always got, oh, you're going to end up delivering pizza. You're never going to make it in America. They don't like Brazilians <laughs> there. Dude, none of these things happen. None of it's true. I'm yeah. married to an American wife. We've been together 13 years. I am a U.S. citizen. I pay taxes to this country. I... I, 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 I carry a U.S. passport. I've toured with all of my idols. I, am endor I endorse all of the companies, the, the, the instrument companies that I like. All this happened within two years of being in America after trying for 10 in Brazil. You know? Yeah, but you, 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 are, you are down to earth. You're very easy to talk to. You've got the talent. Plus, you did something else that I think a lot of people don't want to do, which is you played other people's music. And I, and I constantly yes. hear that too in bloody rehearsal rooms too. Not that I'm in them that often these days, but back in the day even here, I'm a nobody, right? But other nobodies would accuse me of a, a covers musician because I play every, played every weekend playing other people's music. They'd say, oh, you're just whoring yourself out. You're just playing somebody else's music. It's like, I don't get how that's reason to be derogatory towards somebody. The only way you get ahead when you aren't schooled and you haven't gone to a university or an academic environment like a conservatorium is by playing other people's mm -hmm. music. But that was that was and really even your... when you do go yeah. and even when you do go to a conservatory you have to play other people's music there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, well <laughs> that's I the did, point. You know? Yeah, well there you go. So you've done it all. But that's the point. You've done it all and you've been a yeah. success. So whenever anybody says to me, Oh, it's too hard for people to become a working musician these days on an international basis, I just say, Well look at Bill. He did it, and he came oh, from another yeah. country to do it. You know, so I mean, you, you do deserve a lot of credit for that. But what I, what I want, I just want to switch focus for a second, talk about I Am Morbid. Mm -hmm. Is that cool? Because what's that? Yeah, of just course. talk about I Am Morbid because I'm a I'm a massive Trey fan. I love his guitar playing. And last two weeks ago, I was even able to talk to his mum. So I reached out to her on Facebook oh. and asked her if she wanted to be interviewed. And she was yeah, she was cool with it. Man, she's a lovely lady. Very, uh, she doesn't really like I am morbid, though. <laughs> no, but look, we had it, we did talk about that, and what I explained was that look, look, it's a good thing from the perspective that Trey's music, the appetite for Trey's music is so universal at this point that there's enough space for two bands playing his music. That's how I framed exactly. it because I, I didn't. There's my, from my perspective, I, I, I've spoken to David. Um, had a really good chat to him, and he actually, actually, I'll go on another tangent for a sec, but he mentioned that around the time, now I'm going back on my memory here, but I think you were going to join Morbid Angel at one point, is that correct? 
Me, yeah. That that's how the whole thing started. Yeah. Uh, well, Tell me I mean, that. I, Tell I me never that story. Actually, I never, I never actually went and auditioned. But what happened was, uh, at the time, I had just left my first band, Salador, on Metal Blade Records, <laughs> and I was looking for something else. And then the the president of Metal Blade uh, texted me or emailed me at the time, and told me. And told me Morbid Angel was looking for a guitarist and gave me a contact. Mm -hmm. Now I didn't know. Uh, now I didn't know. I didn't know the band. I didn't really know their music, and I mm -hmm. definitely didn't know anyone personally. All right, you know? yep. I, I, I only knew. I only knew the. I only knew the name. So. So so I, I emailed David and I said, you know, I'm interested. Blah blah blah. Thanks, man. And uh, I heard back from him. And and he asked me to play two songs. Now you gotta keep in mind that at this point in my life, I had never played heavy music like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean that that was totally alien to me. When he when he sent me Rapture and he said learn that song, I didn't know where to start. Yeah, like, good oh, point. Shit. Yeah, you know. So, but I did it, and I sent him two videos, and uh, he uh, he loved it, and he came out and met me in Florida. Uh, and by the way, uh, I apologize for getting, uh, keep getting cut out. That's all right. I was just at a gas station. It's so good. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, to, to your listeners, I just arrived from a trip from California, and I'm literally driving home from the airport. This is why, yeah. this is why uh, no, thanks for I'm kind of distracted. But, yeah, I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely, man. I'm glad we, we were able to do this. Uh, too bad we couldn't do it earlier. But <laughs> anyway, so David and I... Uh, started talking and he came out and saw a show that I had in Florida with a, with whatever band it was mm -hmm. and at the end of the show he comes up to me and he's like man you're really good I really enjoy what you <laughs> did and the long and the short is you're not the guy we're looking for <laughs> that's oh, wow. literally okay. yeah I'm like holy fuck well, that's talk about being direct yeah you know and I'm like but why I mean uh, there's a million reasons why Trey's not gonna like you. Just, just you know, trust me on this one. You're mm -hmm. not what we're looking for, but you know, we can stay friends, and we did. You know. Yeah. Cool. Yep. And then, <clears throat> and, and but 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 see, looking at it now, because now I can play those songs in my sleep, and I know the music really well, and and I can say that he was right. If he had hired me back then in, in 2008. Yeah. Learning Curve would have been massive, you know, like I would have had to spend like three months relearning re to pick, yeah. you know, because it's, it is a completely different art form. Absolutely. You know? Like you, yeah. you mentioned, you, you mentioned Trey, man, if there's a guitar player that I did not grow up listening to, but I learned to respect is, is that guy. He's phenomenal. Because, yeah. because a lot of the stuff used to sound out of tune to me used to sound wrong. I used to say, yeah, death metal is is, is people that can't play. I used to say that shit, mm -hmm. you know, like 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And then I started learning these songs. I'm like, wait a second. It's not out of tune. It's atonal. It's on purpose. You know, yeah. like he's playing, quote unquote, out of key on purpose. You know, whenever whenever it starts to sound a little melodic, you switch out. That yes. is 100% by design. That guy's a genius. You know, he's like a fucked up Eddie Van Halen or something. Absolutely. Mate, you just nailed yeah. it. God, we're on the same wavelength about this. And I'm so glad you say that because it's you're talking about things that I've felt and on an intellectual level have deducted. But because you're playing it and you're confirming it, it's just so, 
Oh, it's great to hear, man, to be honest, but you've really got that appreciation for the music. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I learned, and uh, and David knows I, I was not always a death metal guy. Hmm. You know, before before I am morbid, I played I played in Vital Remains for one tour. You know, I did that's I right, did a couple yeah. shows in that. Um, <laughs> but that's because Brian, the singer, was my roommate, and okay. uh, we you know we, 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 it was kind of like our they needed someone. They were going to Brazil, and I I, I went and did with them. But I I don't think I did a, a a great job on that tour. I think I did a good job. If I got mm. that tour today again, I would slay, you know, because now I understand <laughs> their music. Yep. So they just did a tour with us with a fantastic Brazilian guitarist too, Caio Kehiayan. Okay. He's their new guitarist. Really, yep. really good in Vital Remains right now. Brazilians are taking over, man. That's going to happen, you know. <laughs> well, I think, but, yeah, I, I mean. I think the, uh, the Australians have gone for Hollywood and the Brazilians have gone for uh, the music business, I think, in the U.S. <laughs> That's what's happening. You know, the Hemsworth brothers and all the rest of them over there and yeah. in the Hollywood. But all of the Brazilians, the great guitar players out of Brazil, such as yourself and Kiko from Megadeth. Man, you're all starting to emerge. Yeah, well, Kiko was my first guitar teacher. <laughs> there you go. For, actually, he was my only guitar teacher, you know, until, until, no, I had another one, sorry. I had two guitar teachers, but my first, he was like, from when I, from when I was like, I don't know, 10 through like 14 or 15, mm-hmm. I took lessons from Kiko. And uh, at the time, he wasn't in Megadeth, of course, he was in Angra, and Angra was a new band, you know. Angra, mm-hmm. uh, they might have had an album out. By the time I, I took lessons from him, yeah, I think Angels Cry was out, and Holy Land was about to come out, mm. and uh, and that that was my first guitar teacher. Man. So, and he is the perfect representation of 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 you know how how dedicated Brazilians can be to guitar. Absolutely. But he's also yeah. responsible for it. Mm-hmm. My entire generation was inspired by him. You know, okay. all musicians my age or younger. Grew up watching that guy play because he was the only one that had any any notoriety. Like I said earlier, Brazil is they stack the odds against you. But Kiko happened to be in the band that the magazine, the only rock magazine, was managing. You know, mm. so they got notoriety, and he insp- him and Andre Matos. You know, they inspired an entire generation of musicians. Okay. And, and I'm I'm a part of that. You are indeed. Hey, mate, have you got have you got another interview coming through in two minutes' time? Uh, yeah, in, in uh, twelve minutes. Twelve minutes. Okay, you right? If I ask you a couple more questions, or do you want to do you want to head yeah. off? Okay, no, cool. no, go ahead. I feel like, man, I've been looking forward to this interview. I've got to say, I've done at this point. It's I think I've done over four hundred interviews at this point. But you're the one guy that I looked at and thought. I just want to focus in and start asking questions about not just, you know, your whole journey. We've covered that. But this one here is a good question for you. So I had an email interaction, which is very pleasant, by the way, with Suzanne, David's partner mm-hmm. or wife. And is she also your manager yeah. as well? Or can you explain the relationship she, between you guys there? Uh, no, she's not my manager. She she does she's, she's not my publicist either, but she does some work as publicist for me okay and uh everything else uh but but most of the stuff she does for me is like i am orbit related yeah okay yeah uh, sometimes she'll do some stuff out she's she's gotten me interviews before but but she is mostly related to i am orbit okay got you there so are you, you self managed then is that how you've been able to do things or have you got agency representation man i'm self-managed i've tried working with managers i've tried three different four different managers like some big names too Mm. it never worked um 
I always do something that pisses them off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, one in one instance, I had to fire a manager for being an idiot. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have a there's a there's a very close friend of mine. I grew up with this guy. His name is Juan Cojal, and he is he like he's managed he's worked in the management of Sepultura, Angra, Hebrea, many many bands from Brazil. Mm-hmm. He right now he's doing a Du Falasquez tour, the old Angra singer, okay. and he's a guy that has a lot of experience. He booked our Japanese show with Northdale, and he's been kind of managing the band, and I'm kind of slowly bringing him in to be my manager too. Because we have a personal relationship since high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we both, just like I developed my career as a musician, he developed his career big time as a manager, you know. Yeah, so gotcha. Yep. We, uh, we're kind of doing we're kind of doing that. Now, Suzanne, does, she gets me interviews sometimes. And, but lately, you know, lately I've been trying to, uh, I've been doing most of it either myself or through Juan. Okay. Yeah. Does it does it put a lot of uh, hours into your day having to be effectively self-managed or is it fairly straightforward now that you've got the connections and you know how the music industry works so to speak? Yeah, it does. No, no, it does, man. I I, I was thinking about this the other day cuz I've been home I've been home for about 5 weeks right now which is totally unheard of in my life. <laughs> and I was starting to feel worthless because I'm not, wow. you know, like okay. like I'm not I'm not like producing any money. So, mm. and, and, you know, I'm like just literally sitting at home. But then I was thinking, holy shit, but it's not really worthless because I wake up at four in the morning because that's European time, you know. Mm-hmm. So I wake up at four so I can talk to the label. I can mm-hmm. do interviews and all that. And then sometimes I'm doing interviews super late like this one, you know. So all day is based uh, is dedicated to, I say, like being Bill Hudson is my full time job, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So th- 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 this is something that uh, I've been thinking about. I'm like, wow! I wake up super early. I go to bed super late, <laughs> and you're just working hard, and, mate. And, you're living and, the dream, and you're working hard, yeah. and you're putting the necessary effort into it. And the the other thing that I wanted to bring up was I, I read a post that you actually had a moment in your life where you realized that you needed to stop drinking, and that's something that a lot of people go through, isn't it? Where eventually oh, they man. go, yeah. Well, you, can you tell that story? Yeah, I can. Uh, one second, I'm getting the other guy from the interview messaging me. Oh, sorry. Let yeah. me just tell him that I'll be done in a second. No worries. <laughs> All right. So, I was a really, really, really big alcoholic. Like, ridiculous. I, I couldn't go a day without drinking. I couldn't go... Um, I, 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 Man, towards the end of it, I couldn't go... I, I, it was a 750 every day. You know, wow, okay. a vodka, you know, mm-hmm. and and I was a morning drinker and the whole nine yards, man. I was a wreck. And and that, you know, you know how I told you earlier that I was a fat kid and all that. Mm-hmm. That's what made me a fat kid. And uh, when I decided to get in shape, the first step was to stop drinking. But I had been a, an alcoholic, an insane alcoholic for eight years before that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, Jesus Christ, how am I going to do that? And, uh, yeah, I, I, when I realized that without that, I would never have a career. Because also, you got, you got to realize that whatever I did do in my career when I was drinking, I burned bridges. Like, we went, mm-hmm. you know, my first band went on tour with All The Remains. I told their tour manager to fuck off the, same, the first day. All right, yeah. Um, 
you know, we got we've gotten kicked out of tours. I've been kicked out of venues. I was a troublemaker, and uh, not really anywhere else in my life. Just as far as that goes, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and uh, I was like, this has to stop. This has to stop somehow. So I, on January first, twenty twelve, I took my last drink. It was a New Year's Eve, and it was my New Year's resolution to stop. And uh, yeah, congratulations, and that was brother. It. I had yeah. to. Thanks, mm-hmm. man. I, yeah. I, it was, it was absolutely necessary. If I didn't do it, you would not be to me right now. Yeah, I'm so grateful you did, mate. Because to that, to that, mate, you're an extraordinary guitarist, and your music needs to be heard by people. So the fact that you figured that part of it out, and you, you I feel like as though we're getting 100% of Bill Hudson with all of these decisions that you've made. You, there's nothing sort of left to chance. You're out there. You're performing. You've got this great great album here welcome to paradise by north tale but not just that you're a performer mate it's awesome to see you up on stage and that's your native environment being up on stage i think you're a rock star that's my take on it and say that in a nice way Uh, wow man i you're you're making me blush here it's awesome man i'm a fan dude yeah because I, I never got the chance to play australia it's one of the few countries i've never been to you know it's great to know that someone there even knows who i am yeah, well, it's. I think a few people do, mate. I think you'll find there's a there's a hardcore guitar following cohort here in Australia, and you're one of the guys that's part of that. You know, that people follow and they look up to, and they're inspired by. So just yeah, do know that. I don't know whether you get the the, the data from your social media, which tells you where people are following, but I think you'll find that all of the people in Australia that are really know who you are are guitarists and are musicians and really respect you. That's amazing. Thank you so much, man. Thank you very much. Well, I hope we meet one day, brother. It'd be yeah. cool to catch up. You know, if you come down here or if I'm ever in the States or something like that, I'll, um, when the podcast, I'll, I'll link you in on the podcast episode. So if you want to share away, just go for it. Are we, are we friends on Facebook? Um, I don't think so, um, but I'll, I'll look okay. you up. I'll look you up. And my name's Andrew McKay-Smith. I know you know that, but just in case, um, you know, you get a lot of interviews yeah. to get no, through I'm, today. I'm, I'm <laughs> You know, so I'll um I'll link you yeah. up now. I'm in front of it now, so I'll um yeah. I'll Please up do, that man. One. If you can send me your face, my Facebook's probably full, so send me yours and I'll add you. No worries. So it's Bill Hudson too, isn't it? I think it's what it is on. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Just yes, just friend. Oh no, you've reached the the limit. So <laughs> that's all right. I'll send yeah, you. Yeah, that's why I mean. I have to go. Uh, I have to add you myself. Yeah. No worries. All right, mate. I'll send you a message. But it's been a pleasure talking to you, and good luck with everything. Likewise, man. Sorry for the distractions a little bit, but thank you so much for the interview and for everything you said about me. No, it's a pleasure. No worries at all, mate. You need to know it. It's a fantastic thing that you're doing. So good luck with everything and hopefully we catch up. Thank you so much, man. Take care, Andrew. (laughs) Thanks, brother. No worries. Catch ya. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and that interview subject was the one and only Bill Hudson from I Am Morbid and North Tale. Thanks so much for listening.